Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. But the Lord is not asking us to do something that he hasn't himself done. I mean, the Lord has experienced much more than we'll ever experienced, and he's asking us to do what he did when he was attacked, and he describes what he did in the first-person terms in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6. Isaiah 50, verse 6, kind of reading through Isaiah, and you're getting to chapter 50, you're going to hit the pinnacle in chapter 53, but it's sort of moving up to that in chapter 50, verse 6. He says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from from shame and spitting. So that means that when the Romans came to tear the flesh off of his back with their whips of bones and charge and metal and so forth, that he knew what they were going to do to him. And that, and what is what he's saying here is that I didn't shield my back and protect it from the from the torturers. I gave it to them. Here's my back to, for you to tear the flesh off of. And that means when his enemies came, also to pull the hairs of his beard right out of the follicles of his face, that he didn't try to stop them. And that means when his enemies came to spit in his face, which they did, he didn't turn his face away. He just looked full face at them as they were spitting in his face. And that's what the Lord is asking us to do when he says in verse in Matthew 5.39, in Matthew 5.39, but I say unto you that you resist not evil, and whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now, that advice there, the Lord command direction that the Lord was giving us there, was for personal violence, violence against our, our physical violence, violence physical violence. But there's another evil that the Lord said don't resist in the next verse, which is, which is Matthew 5.40, Matthew 5.40, when he said, And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Now, this is the evil that he called being sued at the law. And this evil, in other words, is to be wrongfully sued in court. And so, so the Lord is saying, look, here's the situation. Here's a situation where, where, where someone comes to court and, and, and says, that's my coat that you have there. And using the law, you can imagine how infuriating that would be to get this notice of a lawsuit that you're, 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 that, that this person is claiming that that's not your coat, you shouldn't have that coat. It's my coat, I should have that coat. And so he's stealing it through legal means and has made up some story and, and is going to court 
to get the court and the judge to force you to surrender your coat. Now, when this situation happens, again, three possibilities for you to do, for, you know, and, and what are they? Okay, there, first, first, assumes, does something like this. First option is you file a countersuit. As a matter of fact, this is so common in court that the judges, there's actually a section for this in law where the, the judge is saying, all right, I don't want to get, when you get angry, all these other lawsuits. So now's your time right now to file your countersuit. And you file a countersuit. That's like retaliation. And then the second option, you protect yourself by mounting the strong legal defense for why the person should not be allowed to take your coat. And, and then the third option, which is the one he said to do, is just give him your coat. And, 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 and not, don't, don't stop at the coat. Say, well, here, here's the coat. I want you to have it. Well, as a matter of fact, you know, the coat will get ruined if it gets rained on. So here's the cloak also to keep the coat from getting messed up. So you, you need that. Now, now, this is very hard instruction by, by letting the person have not only a coat, but the cloak. I mean, it reminds me of the time when, when, when I went to uh, the bull, uh, bullfight in, in Tijuana with, with Diana and her husband, Ruben. I mean, that was my first and last time to go to a bullfight. But anyway, we went to the bullfight. But, but anyway, down there at the, the playas, the beach area there, Tijuana, where they have the bull arena, there's kind of a problem in that there, there's not enough parking down there. So, so, so what people do is that, you know, they have their apartments that, that are near the arena there, is that they sell their parking space. So you're driving by there and they say, oh, I have parking in my space here, you know, for this, uh, people going to the bullfight. So, you know, we, we, we came up to this one apartment and, and there was this guy and, and he was selling his parking place, you know, so, so, so we asked how much, you know, and, you know, he says a hundred pesos, which is about five dollars. So we agreed and, and we parked the car there in his parking spot. And, and then after the bullfight, we, we returned to the car, you know, and, and there was the guy and, and, and he was there to collect the money. So instead of giving him a hundred peso bill, Ruben, by mistake, gave him a thousand peso bill, which was fifty dollars. And, and, and then after Ruben realized what he did, and, and, and that he'd given the guy 10 times more than he should have. Ruben, you know, we said, go back, go back, you know. Well, of course, the guy has run away. You know, he's got a, he's got a thousand pesos, you know. Well, he's not going to hang around. And so all of us in the car, we were pretty angry. You know, we we're, were pretty angry with Ruben. We we're pretty angry with the guy. And instead, Ruben says this. He said, oh, well, I guess he needed the money. <laughs> That's what Ruben said. And the way he said it, you, you, you know, the way he said it, it was like, it, it was like Ruben said it in such a way like, if I could find the guy, I'd give him another thousand pesos, you know? <laughs> and, and Deanna's wife, Deanna, Ruben's wife, you know, she just looked frustrated. She said, that's Ruben, you know? <laughs> but Ruben had a really great spirit because it was the spirit of, of really this, this, uh, Matthew 540. You know, if any man will sue thee at the law and take away that coat, give them have that cloak also. Now, we're, we're, we're talking about allowing yourself to be wronged in court. So this is an insult, and really the Lord is covering here insults in Matthew 5, 38 through 42. So the Lord has covered here this insult in these three areas. The first area is an insult to the person when a person slaps you across the face it's an insult to the person. And really, that's the hardest 
to resist resist to, to not resist the evil because you, there's the flash of anger and there's the urge to return with another slap or two. And, and then the second second area the Lord is referring to is an insult, an assault on property. You know, the coat didn't belong to that person, but he's insulting by saying that he's the person that should have the coat. You know, right, let's think about the coat. It reminds me of another coat. You know, I have all these stories. Anyway, but but, but it reminds me of a coat. I, I was in London. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to London before, you know, but this is, London has the coldest wind in the world. There's something about the wind in London. It's just, it's wet, it's moist, it's cloudy all the time anyway. So so I, I was in London one day, and I was walking around, and I, and I looked in this this window, and I thought, oh, that's a nice coat, you know. It was really a nice coat. So I went in and bought this coat. You know, I thought, oh, it's nice. It's a windbreaker. It's not too heavy, kind of silky type thing. It was just perfect for London in those cold, cold winds. So I want to bring the coat back, and it's not really neat. Anyway. So, so I kept the coat in a locked-up duffel bag that, that I asked the hotel to keep for me. Like The hotel always kept this duffel bag. Whenever I go to London, they bring out the duffel bag. and You know, I had other, I'd had other things in the duffel bag, too, you know, in the hotel in London. I had tennis shoes for taking a walk, you know, and, 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 I, and I had actually had a plate and some silverware, you know, for eating takeout food that, that, that I would get from the Lebanese restaurants in the Arab areas of London. So I had a lot of things in this locked up duffel bag. And every time, you know, the plane, I don't remember, would arrive at 8 or 8.30 at night you know, from the States, and 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 I would I would get to the hotel and I kind of look forward to that duffel bag, you know, familiarity, everything there. And the coat was right on top, the top there. Well, one night I arrived at the hotel and I and I got my duffel bag to the room, and I noticed the ro- the lock had been broken, and everything was there except for the coat. <laughs> and I was really upset. I mean, I was. And and I thought. How could someone steal my coat, my nice coat? And I just couldn't get over it. I mean, I felt so violated and wronged and, and, and couldn't even sleep that night. You know, it was really bothering me. Anyway, so then what brought me relief is when I opened my Bible and I read in John 19 these words. John 19, 23. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts. To every soldier a part and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture, my coat, they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. So just like I realized as I was reading that, I thought, wow, just like I had a favorite coat, the Lord had a favorite coat. And, and and just how I had my coat stolen from me, the Lord had his coat stolen from him. Only in the Lord's case, it was much, much worse because the Lord watched them, the thieves, steal his favorite coat, gamble for it, as to which thief was going to take his coat. And I can imagine how the soldiers may have looked up to the Lord on the cross and mockingly said to him, you want your coat? You don't need your coat. You're going to be dead soon. And And, and that knowledge of what the Lord experienced when he saw his favorite coat be stolen, it was a comfort to me. It allowed me to, to accept my coat having been stolen. Anyway, 
So the same is true for this passage here in, in, in Matthew 5, 39 through 42. It's just not easy for us to turn the other cheek, to allow ourselves to be cheated in court, to, to, to know, but, but, it, but what makes it easy is to know how the Lord endured the same things. It gives us the courage to accept this, the, these things happening to us. And there's a third area of insult which he addressed in Matthew 5.41, verse 41, 5.41, when he said, whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Now that's the insult of forced labor, forced labor, being forced to have to work. And it's referring to something that was very common that day in, in, the, in, the, in the Romans, the Romans. When you look and you read about this person called Simon the Syrene, and, and he, he was forced to carry the cross of the Lord. And, 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 you know, Simon was not a person standing there on the sideline saying, can I help? Can I help? <laughs> that wasn't him. I mean, he was a person who the Romans pulled out of the crowd and says, you do this. He didn't have any choice. He had to do it. Now, that was a common practice for the Romans. As far as the Romans were concerned, the Jews were just slaves to the Romans. For the Romans, any Jew was just an automatic slave of the Romans and had to do whatever the Romans wanted him to do right then. So if the Romans had this big load of dirty whatever, all the Roman had to do was just find a Jew and, and, and he didn't ask the Jew, are you busy? <laughs> Can you help me right now? I mean, he just, he did, the Roman would just say to the Jew, you, carry this load, carry it a mile. And then, and then maybe the Roman would say, you know, to the next one, you carry another, whatever. So you, you can imagine the amount of resentment with this type of compelled labor. I mean, the Jewish man would get home and he'd be all dirty and worn out and he'd be late. And his wife would say to him, what happened to you? You know, why are you late? And, and, the, and the man would say, a Roman, a Roman, another Italian, found me, compelled me to, to, to carry his dirty load a, a, a mile for him. Now, this type of compelled labor, the Lord said that you, you, you should not only go a mile, but, you, but you, you should volunteer for the second mile. Oh, can I carry that a second mile? And, and again, all under the principle of not resisting the evil and so, so in other words, the Lord's disciples, he's telling his followers that you need to turn the other cheek to the slapper. You need to take, give up your coat and your cloak to, to, the, to the thief using the court. And you need to go the extra mile to the compeller. And all without anger, all without hatred, and all without this secret desire inside to get even. And, 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 and by the way, the stress here is not just the outward but it's the inward thoughts against these people, against the striker and the thief in the court and the compeller. And, and, and actually, there's, there's actually a fourth insult that the Lord is talking about in verse 42, Matthew 5:42, when he says, Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow thee, turn not away. So this is the insult of being asked to lend something to someone who you know he's not going to pay you back. You know, he never has, and he's, he, this is what he does. Makes a living out of asking people to, if he can borrow things. In fact, you, you, you know that, and because he's done it to you before, and, and, and he's, now he's asking for more. So, well, all of this is to say 
that the person who has obeyed the Lord and, 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 and in, in this, this passage here, Matthew 5, 39-42, is Joseph. And Joseph is obeying the Lord when it says, when he said in verse 21, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones, and he comforted them, spake kindly unto them. And this is the purest form of non-resistance, it's love. And, and what Joseph is showing here in verse 21 is how you don't resist evil and you love, and in his case, his brothers. So he's really kind of going over the top in his treatment of his brothers. He's doing what the Lord said, you know, uh, in, in, in Matthew 5.44, Matthew 5.44, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So when we see Joseph here lovingly telling the ones who hated him and wanted to murder him, and he's talking to them in verse 21 that he's going to nourish them and their families, and, and, and he's really rejecting these urges, these urges that he's got here. And the urges, he's rejecting these urges and it's to get even and so forth. And, and what he's doing here is he's really doing the four things that are listed in, in 1 Corinthians 13.7, the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13.7. In 1 Corinthians 13.7, it talks about how love, number one, beareth all things. Number two, believeth all things. Number three, hopeth all things. And number four, endureth all things. So the first thing it's talking about in, in that 1 Corinthians 13.7 is that love, and this is what Joseph has done, is love um, beareth all things. Now, that's an interesting Greek word, stego, and, and for beareth all things, because it comes from a word which means to build a roof over, to build a roof over. It, it's very much like, it's very much like along the same lines as the word kippur, as in Yom Kippur, which means covering. And so what this means is that when God forgives our sin, which is how it's translated, covering, translated atonement, when day of atonement, when God forgives our sins, God builds a covering or a roof over our sins. Now, you might say that when God builds this roof over our sins, that what the roof is made up of is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what's the purpose of the roof? Well, the purpose of the roof was building. See, when, when Cain killed Abel in the Bible, God said that he heard a cry in, in Genesis 4.10. Genesis 4.10, he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. So God's hearing this voice of uh, Abel's blood or the voice of Cain's sin. And when Sodom and Gomorrah engaged in their gross sexual immoralities, God said again, he heard a voice in Genesis 18.20. Genesis 18.20, Jehovah said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. So this all means that sin has a voice that cries out to God. It cries out to God. I'm horrible, judge me. So the roof or the covering, the, uh, the covering of forgiveness that God builds with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over the sins is a roof of silence. 
It's a covering of silence. This is what James describes in James 5.20. In James 5.20, let him know that he who converteth the sinner from the error of his ways shall save his soul from death and shall cover a multitude of sins. So the covering that God builds over the sins, the covering of forgiveness, the roof of forgiveness, it, it makes two accomplishments. One accomplishment is, is, is for God or affects God, and the other accomplishment is for man or affects man. First, the roof that God, the roof for God, as far as God is concerned, is a, is a roof of silence, where the, where the sins of man are no longer crying, they're no longer can be heard by God, and instead of seeing our sins, and instead of hearing the, the, the voice of sins, instead God sees, instead sees, God sees this roof of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All he sees is the blood of his sons, son. And that is such a, such an effective covering or roof that it totally suppresses the sins underneath from being heard. So, so for God, this is a roof of silence. And, but the roof of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ also for man protects man from the wrath of God and the judgment of God. And, and this is the word that, that is behind, this is the meaning that's behind the word Stego, which is in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, which is translated beareth. So from a practical point of view, it means that when we love someone who has hurt us, as Joseph is doing here, we build, as Joseph did, a roof of silence over their sins, which means that we destroy, we destroy the recordings from 30 and 40 years ago and never bring up again. I remember when you did that to me. You're just the same, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's destroyed. That's the roof of silence. And so this is the first accomplishment uh, of Joseph's forgiveness for his brothers. He builds this roof of silence over their sins, and, and he never brings up again how they sold them into slavery. But next, it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, that, that love believeth all things. That mean, And that word believeth means puts confidence in. Puts confidence in. It's the same word as uh, uh, John 3.16, whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Who is a, puts confidence in, so I always just do appreciate uh, the question uh, to a lost person, uh, what is your confidence when you die that you're going to go to heaven? So this is the same idea, believe. You have confidence in your works or you have confidence in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ for you, the death, his death on the cross for you. So, Joseph did not say to his brothers, well, from what you've done, uh, the trust is destroyed. I can never trust you again. I, I, I'm sorry. I can't ever, uh, I, I, I can never turn my back on you again. I have to always be watching you. I have to always be on my guard because you, you blew it. You're not trustworthy. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. 
You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at TomCantor at FriendshipWithGod.org, Tom Cantor at FriendshipWithGod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, Creation Museum and Tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 